0: Hey friends, Andy Jenkins here. I'm in the office at of Transformation Ministries with my friend, the founder, CEO, pastor, encourager, Papa Rock Hobbs. Hey, let me tell you really quickly. Here at Transformation Ministries, I get questions a lot. What do you guys do here? You want to? You could tell us, Rock. You'll you roll it off a lot better than I am. I Man, I, I know the three things, but. <laughs>
1: Lay men and women to be um, counselors or to minister to the body of Christ for people that are hurting. Yeah. And then the third thing is we have prayer ministry where we we have um, we pray for people for that are sick. We we pray and our um, people come in and they just have cancer and they just want to pray, we we'll go to a prayer room and the teams go in and we pray and uh, it's not counseling, it's just prayer. Then we have RTF for Storing the Foundations, which is a ministry established in Nashville that's been around for a long time. And um, it's just a way of praying for people, you know, for inner healing. It's got a three-hour and a fifteen-hour intensives, and we just um, getting ready to launch the Healing House Ministry, which eventually will be that part of that. And that's where we kind of use the Bethel model out of California to have people come and just get prayed for with a worship music and a, a systematic way of eventually having a, groups of people pray over you for,
0: for healing. Yeah. That's a lot of so, so, but but it's all focused on this transformation. That's, that's the name. It's this change from the inside out. So we're going to heal the stuff that's inside, and then let that just explode. I, and I, I really love what you said on the this video I saw about Unshackled. That's the new curriculum that's uh, for small groups that's just come out. It's just now been released. Where you're you're talking with Bishop Gary McIntosh. and, and you guys framed it so well, saying people they're saved. They they come to know Jesus. They have this authentic encounter. Uh, It could be something that's soft and gentle. It could be a Damascus road conversion. Uh, It could be all of those, uh, something in between. But then in order to walk out the process of discipleship, in order to walk out finding and fulfilling their purpose, sometimes they need to heal. Otherwise you'll try to live out of unprocessed pain. You'll see through the grid of unhealed hurts. And so one of the things transformation does extremely well is use that counseling, use that school of ministry, use that prayer ministry to help people transform from the inside out so that they can find and fulfill exactly what God's called them to do and go back into their church more equipped.
1: Right. We're, we are not a church and we are not trying to pull people from their church Talking to pastors now, yeah. from your church to us, we're trying to train and equip them to come back and take the load off of you. And you you can't you don't have enough time to be a counselor, a pastor, pastoral counselor, for all the people in your flock because they will just be at your door all day long, and that's all you do, and it works you out. But if you have some trained and equipped men and leaders, men and women in your in your church that that can do that for you that frees you up to listen to the Lord and to lead your sheep. And we just, we just believe that you can't disciple someone that's still totally wounded from the past. And um, when people get saved, their name's written in the book of life. Their spirit is new. Behold, they're a new creation. But their body is still the same DNA, man. It's the same past. Your history hasn't changed. Nothing's washed away in terms of on earth. God's washed your sins away. But on earth, those wounds are still there. And um, until those wounds get healing, it's going to be hard for them to walk out As the pastor or you're trying to disciple them. They, they can't seem to make, they can't seem to walk out what you're teaching them because something's holding them back. Something's right. dragging them, and that's the, the wound. And I tell this all the time, this is the vision the Lord gave me when before we even started doing Unshackled or any of these classes, is that Jesus died on the cross. When he did that, he paid the price for all freedom. Your freedom's been paid for. And you're free for everything. But the enemy came in after the cross, knew that that happened, and said, What I'm going to do is I'm not going to let them get to the cross and walk that out. So I'm going to take away their liberty. I'm going to bruise them. I'm going to hurt them. I'm going to make them full of pain so that they don't have the liberty to walk in the freedom that Jesus already paid the price for. We're not talking about heaven now. Our ministry is not about. It. Getting to the final destination. That's for sure. That's settled. Say, yeah, right? that's, that's settled. done. It's about how do I help Christians dealing with life right now and the pains that they've been in in their life.
0: Well, I appreciated so much what you said a couple of episodes ago. We talked about the room of grace and the room of good intentions. And one of the things that you highlighted in that room of grace, which, which is where we want to live from, uh, I would encourage you if you're listening right now and you go, what, "What are they? What are they even talking about?" Just go back a few episodes and you'll catch it right there. Uh, and I would encourage you to listen, re-listen a few times uh, to that because it's framed so well um, in that room of grace. One of the things that you've highlighted is there. It's okay to not be okay, and it's also okay to realize things probably aren't going to be perfect this side of heaven. (laughs) So we we are all still in process. We're all still, uh, I remember one day. Like you're you're still in process. I remember coming in here one day and there was something we were working on. It's no secret we've been doing a lot of stuff with the with the website and with all of this technical stuff. And you couldn't log in to do something. I don't even remember what it was. And you're like, oh, I'm just so frustrated. Like I can't get in. You weren't you not mean about it. And then you're like, all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's that giant of control. Oh, he's like back after me trying to, you know, you know. And you acknowledge like just in that pause in the moment, like, hey, it's okay i'm I'm still in process, still reading some things through the lens, but in that room of grace, that's where it's okay to be in process. It's where it's okay to go, okay, all right i'm I, I'm healed enough to start helping. I'm
1: the cool thing in the room of grace, and I say this all the time where we come to believe that we are who God says we are. are we, right. we affirm our identity, that we're okay. Now as I'm struggling with life with the hurts, the bruises, and those kinds of things, I'm now not taking if I have to work with my issue, if I have to tell you that I have an issue, I'm not taking that as a condemnation or a judgment. I'm taking that as God's revealing to me something He wants to heal, take away. Yeah. It's more like taking getting a gift than it is judgment, like, oh man, you're messed up, go fix yourself and then come back and then we'll let you take communion or you know, go sing in the choir or something like that. Or
0: hold the door. Yeah. Well, it, it, that, I mean, that's one thing. I remember you hitting on one time when you were teaching this is in that room of good intentions. A lot of times really kind of the identity is people say it. They, I, I hear it a lot of times on Sundays when I'm in a different church or leading a group somewhere, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. They're yeah. still latching onto the old identity But that shifts when you get to the room of grace. In the room of grace, the identity becomes, I'm a saint, not a sinner. I'm a saint. Oh, and I happen to deal with some sin issues. I happen to deal with some. Okay, and I deal with it and we move on. Oh, and hey, I'll help you deal with that. Okay, yeah, let's pick it up together because I've got some things you need. You've got some things I need.
1: And the big key to that is in the room of good intentions, remember, it's all about self-efforts. What do I have to do? In the room of grace, God says, "Hey, man, why don't you let me help you with that sin? Let's work on that together." Right. You know, it's just an amazing concept that God wants to come down and be next to me. I'm looking at this pile of crap in my life, and I'm going, "I can't get to God because I've done too. i got all this stuff." And the revelation is that God comes down and says, "Hey, man, I'm right here next to you. Why don't we just work on this together?"
0: Well, that's what that idea—that's what people teach, though—is hey, your sin is so despicable. That it separates you from God. God can't have fellowship with you because you're a sinner. So
1: go work on it,
0: and then take,
1: get sanctified. Then you'll be the acceptable side. to God. Yeah. Then you come, and then you come be involved in church.
0: When you look and see who Jesus is hanging around all the time, and it's not the religious guys; it's all right. it's all the you know quote tax collectors and sinners, and it's it's almost like uh, you know you take the statement on the Statue of Liberty: "Give us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free." Like that's the I mean, you could take that off the Statue of Liberty, stick that right on the gospel.
1: He, Jesus even said it in one of his parables. He said, I got a hundred sheep, one gets lost. I go chase after the one, not the 99. Who are the 99? They're the ones that are healed, don't have the issues. The, the one is the one that's all messed up, that's kind of wandering out there. And Jesus said, I'm going after him. You guys are already kind of doing okay.
0: Well, on the flip side of that, sheep is the sheep usually doesn't get lost because the sheep was just wandering and looking at the countryside. Sheep usually get lost because they were doing something stupid. Yeah and Jesus says that's the that's the one I'm going for
1: and they don't recognize the voice of the shepherd saying come on we're going this way and the rest of the group goes one way and the one that doesn't hear the voice or recognize the voice of the shepherd just kind of wanders and Jesus wants us to get to the place where we can hear and understand
0: his voice man that's good okay so here's what i want to talk about today we just did a 10 minute intro <laughs> talking all things transformation but I, but I feel like I learned a lot. Like I feel like I could just shut it down right now and go. Okay, next talk. You know, come back. But but I do want to I do want to discuss this because walking forward in that healing process, walking forward as you find fulfill the purpose for which you're created, there are three different roads that you can move on. Let, let me list them real quick, and then I want you to start breaking them down and describe them to us. Number one, road number one is the worldly road most people start off on that road and then we convert to Christianity and almost by default with that room of good intention mentality we go from the worldly road to the religious road now I'm, I'm not one let me say this that prescribes to the idea that religion is a bad word uh, the root word of that religio it's Latin it means to tie to bind to reconnect so Jesus comes to reconnect us to each other In a healthy way Reconnect us to God in a healthy way But but I get it what you're saying when you say religious road right. It's that good intention doing the deed So we got number one, worldly road Number two, religious road Number three, which is the road ultimately That we want to end up on That's the one where we want to live from That road is what you call the agape road right. Okay, so Let's talk about the roads
1: Yeah, so uh, again agape Road it's not my idea it comes from Bob Mumford and he wrote a book called Agape Road I highly recommend you buy that book and read it I just in class teach that book and he talked about the Agape Road and that's the road to intimacy with father God so that's the goal that's the goal and um, we don't automatically you know just like in a marriage when you get married you think you're loving that that girl and she's hot and all that kind of stuff but you really don't get to know her till there's been years and years and years of walking with her and pretty soon you start thinking everyone's thinking like my wife and I now we've been married 39 years and we'll be sitting in the car and something will happen and we'll both say the same thing at the exact same time because our minds have kind of just going in the same direction yeah that, that comes from relationship, right? And intimacy with the Father doesn't happen overnight when you get saved. You, you kind of have to transform out of worldly, conditional, what we call Eros love thinking, and move into agape love, which is an unconditional love way of looking at things. And that's hard to do. You have to be very intentional about it. So the journey is, after you get saved, you have this amazing experience maybe an encounter with jesus and and you're all fired up and you join a church and you get your wife and family and you start going to sunday school and you're doing all these things but as life goes on it starts to wear you down especially if you get in that room of good intention and there are these detours that the enemy puts in front of us to get us off that road to intimacy that search and hunger for father god called the worldly road or the religious road those are the two that mumford talks about but there can be many detours Things that could be the golf course the road, you know, the, just you don't want to go to church. So I got to play nine, I got to play eighteen holes of golf on Sunday or something. So there's a lot of different things, but there, we call them detours. They get you off of the road to intimacy with the Father, and not necessarily doing bad things. You could actually be doing good things, but while you're busy doing good things, you have not discovered the intimacy part with Father God yet. You're still, you're kind of just get detoured sideways. And um, the the devil wants to keep you in that Eros, those Eros prisons we call them, just struggling and doing all these things so that you don't discover that intimacy with the Father.
0: Well, that Eros, that's a good, I mean, if we were, it's a Greek word for love. If we were transliterating it, they have a different alphabet. It would be E-R-O-S. So you might call it Eros, Eros. Uh, It is I want you to describe the love, but it's pictured as a snake yeah. that's eating its, its tail. Cows. So a lot of people say, well, I just feel like in life I'm spinning my wheels. I'm just going in circles. I'm doing these religious things, going in circles. I'm, I'm pursuing the job. And when I get ahead at the job, then I'll give more time to the church. or I'll do. And, but I can't get ahead. I'm spinning my wheels, going in circles. That's the image of, right. of eros right. is it's a circle.
1: It's no matter what I do, I don't think I'm getting to where I want to go. I'm doing a lot of stuff, but I'm eating myself up doing it. I'm, I'm, I'm wasting away. I'm, I'm withering out. I'm getting tired. And the enemy, but the enemy uses the things of the lusts of the flesh, the eyes. You know, pornography for men is such a big deal. Those all are things of the world that get us off of, detours off. Does, does God did God not know that there was going to be pornography? Does God not love me any less Or anymore because I'm dealing with pornography or if I'm dealing with drinking or if I'm dealing with whatever it is no his love for us is the same but the devil is going to tell you no you're not worthy you're a sinner and that just causes us to have pain which keeps us deeper into feeling better by doing the things that we were doing on those detours whether it's in the world or in religion religion for me it's like Jesus' comparison of the Pharisees and Sadducees. It was just all about the law. You did one thing, and then you talked one thing, and then you did something else, and you made it all under religion. Um, I loved your definition of religion in terms of what it was meant to mean. We call, now we're just calling that, we have a spiritual
0: yeah, aspect. Yeah, just doing about. good deeds but, in the flesh yeah, yeah. in your own capacity to but, be more acceptable.
1: So the whole point on this journey is to not have to deal with getting side detoured off this journey of discovering God at a deeper level and the more you seek God the promises, the more you'll find him and like I talked about in about the cure book uh, and understanding God's grace the more I started seeing a true picture of who God is the more my idea or expansion of what grace looked like got bigger it enlarged I saw how great is God's grace same as with just the character of God. You know, Tozier wrote in his book The Attributes of God, and he said I can't tell you the character of God because God is so great my brain can't comprehend that. No human brain can comprehend the greatness of the character of God. So what I'm going to try in this book to do is describe the human attributes that we understand in terms of how God is with that in a limited capacity. I mean, he was so saying this is not even close to how great is our God, but he then he talks basically about the character God. But, yeah. I mean, of course, when I read Tozer, it took me like four months to read the book, and I had to read each page about ten times to understand what he was saying. But the picture, when I got done with that whole book, was, man, how great is our God, you know? He's just so amazing. And I want to go on a journey to where I'm running to the arms of the Father no matter what the storm is, so, no matter what's going on.
0: So the goal are... are Yeah, that's not a bad word. Uh, the, the pursuit that we're trying to do is just kind of walk that straight road down to, and it's probably never comes out straight, but walk that road, the agape road where we realize we're loved unconditionally. God doesn't love us more based on anything we do. He doesn't love us less based on anything we don't do. This is a road, as we've talked about multiple times, trust is essential. Vulnerability is essential. The way I'm kind of envisioning this in my head is you're you're going down that road and on either side, there's a detour that spins off in one direction that probably has multiple spinoffs of it. And there's another road on the other side that has multiple spinoffs in that. and that road on one side is the worldly road. That's self, that's sin, that's gratification. That road on the other side, the religious road, using it in the sense of good yeah. deeds, not using it in the reconnect sense, is again it—it's more self-effort as well. Right. It's just good deeds done in self-effort, and it can have all these detours that keep us from that, that, that intimacy.
1: Religious road to the law—it's what you got to obey. You got to be perfect. You got to be—got to follow the law.
0: So I guess if the re, if the worldly road is rebellion, right. the religious road is rules. Right. If the worldly road is sin. The religious role would be
1: good efforts or pride, self effort, religious pride or self effort. Yeah, and it's good intentions, you know, it is. They're trying, you know, one of the biggest lies that the enemy uses is once we get detoured, and we all get detoured somewhere in our story, the enemy says, Now that you're detoured, you're messed up, you're stuck, you're stuck, and you have to do all this stuff to just get back to the road. Intimacy with the Father. The truth is, God says, if you'll just repent and confess, you're on the road right now. He you're just resets you. Too. You don't have to do all the stuff that the devil's going to try to tell you because it's all the stuff he tells you that you got to do to get back on the road that just kind of overwhelms you, frustrates you, brings fear to you, you name it shame, guilt, all those things keep you stuck in that prison, the arrows the prison of the world or religion. So that you kinda kinda give up and you get stay in there. Now, the other thing is that you can the question I ask students all the time is well, could you be traveling up two roads at the same time? Could you be doing the worldly road and the road to intimacy? Well, maybe. Maybe you're really sincere. And your spirit really is trying to connect with God on Sundays, but that Friday and Saturday night, man, you're downtown water. You're down dancing, running around. You're, in the, you're kind of dabbling both. Same with religious. You could be you could be doing all these things under, under the rules and under the religious detour, but yet there's times in your quiet time. There's times when you're at home where you get back on that road and you have a, a relationship, and you, you know God kind of touches you or whispers a word to you. And then you get stuck back in the church doing all these other, things. and I'm, I don't want to blame it on church, but you get stuck back in religion, yeah. doing all these things. And so you could be maybe struggling on a couple of road roads.
0: Well, God loves you so much; he'll show up anywhere. <laughs> he'll pop up that's on any way. road and, and grab right, hold of you. Right? Yeah. yeah.
1: So that's the key, and the key is um, not looking at your performance, but looking at the truth of God's word. Now is it wrong to go off into the worldly road and to all these other things yeah it's not the right thing because you're letting self get into it but you know there's there's some things that that the enemy also puts in our path on the road to intimacy that's outside of getting off the road sometimes we just have the enemy's defense countermeasure, and we call those the giants and the giants were represented in Mumford's book on Agape Road he represents some of uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7, the seven nations that the Israelites had to face when they pr- crossed over the Jordan into the promised land, you know, the Philistines, the Canaanites, and all the ites, and all those guys, the Amorites, they had to conquer all those giants um, in order to get control or to live in God's rest in the promised land. And so I think the enemy sends giants we all have giants operating in our life you were alluding to my giant of control earlier um we all have those enemy and we have to conquer them yeah and we get afraid of them that's why the whole story of david and goliath is such a more than just a story in the old testament but a wonderful picture of a christian life and um we have, to, we have to conquer those giants. That's what's going to allow us to live in rest. Well,
0: here, here's what I like to do. So w- what I've gathered here, is I was making a couple notes while we're talking through this. The worldly road, live for self, try everything, go for pleasure, and focus on what's in it for me. So you might define this as rebellion, that's sin and self, that's pleasure, Everybody knows the outcome of that. Uh, Somehow we just think that we're the exception to the outcome that's proved to be the outcome for so many other people.
1: The rebellious part and the the world erode. there is what's called rebellious sin. And you can be a Christian who truly loves God, who really had an encounter with God, but the brain, which has been imprinted by the things of the past in your life, it's such a powerful thing that many times we get detoured off into that worldly road and it's because our heart maybe and our spirit is saying, no, I want to I want to walk towards God. I want to do the right thing. I don't want to do that. But the brain overrides it. And in, in the rebellious sin that you get to the point where you're about ready to do something and the, your spirit goes, no, don't do that. That's not right. That's not right. The brain overrides and says, "I'm willing to pay the consequence tomorrow for this feeling pleasure of today," and you just you, off you go. And it, it, you don't have to be a bad person to fall to that. I felt I, I know when I got sucked up into alcoholism and stuff, and even into the porn thing. My there was a part in me that was saying, "No, don't go that way. Stay on. Stay back with the Lord." But my brain was just so. Um, ingrained with the the feeling the the gratification part that came from whatever that sin was that I just just said well just today I'm just going to do it today and then tomorrow I'll be back on this road and then just keep living till tomorrow all the time that's the prison
0: well that's a good word because you remember our one of the main ideas that we have in that room of grace which is where we're living from is good people can still have their identity as a good saved person and still mess up and do bad things we're, we're in process so that's Paul that's the world that wrote
1: seven in Romans right the, the chapter that nobody can understand because I do the things I don't want to do and I don't want to do the things I do and I can't help what I do because I do because I didn't understand it it's not me doing it it's sin doing it and it's a big long thing it's very confusing but basically just says is we're created with evil I mean there's evil in the world the devils we are because of the fall we're naturally going to sin. We don't have to be taught how to sin. We have to be taught how to be a disciple. We have to be taught how to walk the road to intimacy. Um,
0: Road number two, which is what a lot of us then jump into, is that religious road. This is, uh, if the other one was sin and self, this is self-righteousness. If the other one was for pleasure, this one would be performance. This is where we're starting to get into that room of good intentions. Ultimately, we're designed, we're created. To receive love and give love, which means we're, we're created for that agape road. To be fully loved, to be fully known, to fully love and fully know others. Uh, this is the one that is the real road. Uh, again, it's not sin. It's not self-righteousness. The focus here is the Savior. Right. It's not uh, based on pleasure or performance. It's based on peace with God.
1: It's based on humility, if you want to just do it in one word. humility and humility being defined as an ability to die to self and be totally dependent on the Lord and that's that's when when you get to that place like Moses said I'm the most humble man in the world when he wrote Deuteronomy I mean he said it because he's saying I just want God yeah I just want to walk with God and um you know don't don't get me wrong people in the room of good intentions and even though it's self-effort and performance, or they're in the religious, you know, uh, prison, they're saved. Their name—if they die, their name's written in the book of life. That, right. That, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the struggles of life here on earth while we're waiting to go be in
0: heaven. Well, yeah, we're talking about the—the the reality is that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now Jesus came that you would have life more abundantly, not just in the future, but now here's what I want to do. I want you to sign us off, but in the next talk, I want to come back and talk about some of those giants that you referenced, that the enemy comes and brings our way, uh, to inflict us and to keep us from that experience. These are, these are going to be some of the seven we've got, uh, listed out, uh, that are going to be ones that do steal, do kill, do destroy. Sign us out and then we'll come back.
1: All right. Well, I just bless everyone that's listening to this. And, um, you know, if you want to get deeper and get into it, you can come join the tribe and come start with, we have four parts in our school. They're one semester each, 12 weeks per semester, only one day a week, for so two hours, and you get both a small group and a teaching class um, in that two hours, so you fill some religious squares. <laughs> no, but uh, it's a great thing if you want to just really get a uh, deeper dive into some of these topics that we're talking about. Just come join the tribe.